turned it on. Children's church. <laughs>
prayer and fasting. There's a lot more to life. So what is, do, and this is the question I really want us to ask ourselves today. What do those in the kingdom work towards? And what is our purpose and our focus on our life? Why are, why are we here? Which we're going to read and just start with Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. And we're going to go just to verse 24 to start. Verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. We've all heard that last part. You cannot serve both God and money. That's very prominent in our culture. The first point I'd like to make today is that Christians must have an internal perspective regarding what you treasure. Ask yourself this. What is it that you are treasuring? Are you treasuring something here on earth? Or do you have heavenly treasure? <coughs> Jesus is coming with a direct comparison. And again, it stays the same pattern as we see previously. Do not be like the hypocrites previously. Here, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth. So, what are these treasures on earth? We often probably have a pretty good idea. And for some people, our treasures are different. Treasures are not always the same. The Christian understands the true nature of an earthly treasure. What does it say here? Where moth and rust destroy. First off, moth and rust, what is that? Time. Over time, everything you own is going to be gone. Everything. Everything you own, everything you hold most dear, most precious, it's all going to be gone. All your physical possessions, eventually they're going to be gone. It's a, it's a, it's a simple fact that we can, we can intellectually comprehend, but our actions moving towards that purpose purpose is a much different story. It can be much, much more difficult to really internalize that truth. But we know that. Earthly treasures, money, your career, everything you own, okay? It all belongs to an earthly realm. If that is where you are getting your security, that's where you're finding your identity. It's a false sense of security. It's not real. It can be destroyed. Thieves can break in and steal. Okay? You have people, okay? Jeff Bezos, okay? uh, Elon Musk, some of the richest people that we have in the world. They're going to die someday. Everything they own is going to be owned by somebody else. It's not there. They can't take it with them. Okay? We need to understand that, and that is the, to have a true definition of what is a treasure. What is most precious? What is most dear to you? in your life? What gives you that sense of security? Jesus is speaking specifically in this, in this area regarding money. Money is universal. It's a universal tool that's used in all cultures, all societies, throughout time. There's a way that you get money and you work for that money, but why are we working for that money? We're working for that money because that money, it's not just 
money that we're working for. We're working with the, for the peace and the security and the joy that that money leads to. That is what we're working for. But as Christians, Jesus says, do not lay up treasures on earth, but lay up treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break and steal. Look, this is a direct comparison. A direct comparison between treasure that can be destroyed and treasure that cannot be destroyed. Treasure that is eternal, an eternal treasure. Just a couple verses I'd like you to note down. Colossians 2.3, as well as Philippians 3.8. We can learn a lot from the life of Paul and what he treasured. Colossians, in Colossians 2.3, Paul speaks that all the treasures of wisdom are hidden in Christ. Our treasure in heaven is not a crown, it's not a mansion in heaven, it's not pearly gates and nice Gold, ro gold roads and the sea of glass. That's, that's not it. If you're going to heaven for that, if you're going to heaven to see your old relatives, your old loved ones, that's not what your that's not what heaven is. That's not your treasure. Christ is what is our treasure. He is the only eternal one. He's the only one that can actually bring true peace, true security, and true joy. All those other things that we're focusing here on earth, all the effort that we put towards that. Philippians 3.8, Paul says he counts it all as a loss. All of his work, all of his striving for, he counts it as a loss compared to knowing Christ. Compared to just knowing Christ and knowing that he is ours and that we are his. That peace, that joy is nothing compared. I would like us all real quick just to turn just a couple chapters to the right. Go to Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. If we're going to talk about what a treasure is, I think we should let Jesus explain it and how we should see it. Verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. You see how precious it is in that parable? How precious that treasure is that he found? What's he do? He puts up the treasure. He hides it. Why? My opinion is because he probably didn't want anybody else to find it at the time. Okay, this is mine. I don't want this treasure taken away. It's my treasure. And he goes and he gets rid of everything he has. And this treasure is what consumes his life. This consumes all of his time, his energy, his money. He buys it. And now it's his. And he possesses it. That treasure that we have in heaven, we must understand an eternal perspective regarding that treasure. We must understand what true treasure is and the false sense of treasure that the world tries to give us. Which leads us on, on real quick just to verse 22. I'll start with verse 21. Actually. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? The second point that I would like to us to make today is that Christians cannot be divided in our pursuit of our treasure. 
When it says that the eye is the lamp of the body, what a lamp, what the eye is, the eye takes in the information. It illuminates our body. It is our desire. This is what he means by our eye is the lamp of the body. What we're looking at, what we are moving towards, okay, that is our treasure. What you are focusing your time, your energy, your effort, your money, whatever you're desiring, that is what's in your eye. That's the apple of your eye. That's what you're focusing on. Are you focusing on building your kingdom here? Building up and laying up those treasures on earth? Or is it the treasures in heaven? Is that what you're desiring? You're focusing your time and energy. The great uh, Amer early American theologian, Jonathan Edwards, had a great comparison when it comes to what our desires are and how we, how we make our choices. We have, he, he compares it to like a chain, okay? The primary, the source of that chain for a Christian, the ultimate, the chief purpose of a Christian is to glorify God. All other decisions are made in light of that chief decision. Why do you want that career? Is it because I want to make enough money that when I'm 65 or 70 I can retire and have a nice house on the lake or a golf course? And is, is that why you are doing it? Are, are you working towards your own kingdom? Your own goal? Is that your chief end? Is your chief end? Is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Is that... I mean, how are you defining that happiness? We need to understand that that chief end... For Christians has always, always got to be Christ. Has always got to motivate. It's the what I put it, it's the engine behind all of our actions. Behind all of our actions are in light of Christ, are in light of how we truly emotionally we, we treasure Christ. He's so precious to us. And when you think of precious, think about something, think about something in your home, think about something that you've had for a long time that it was gone, we would be devastated. Just devastated. Do we have that same feeling towards our Lord? Do we have that same feeling towards the things of our Lord? We've all been guilty of not. We, we all have. The culture today we live in is not, it's, it's very easy to get distracted. It's very, the first, first thing we have, prone my heart to wander. It's so easy for our hearts to wander. So easy to get our focus away from Christ. We have a pursuit of wealth and the ability to obtain wealth that is very different from any time in the history of man. But one thing that we know from Scripture is the heart of man does not change. The same desire for security, the same desire for wealth, for peace and joy. <coughs> the Romans had that during Jesus' time as well. The disciples had those same desires. Okay? The heart of man does not change through history. The desire for wealth and possessions, I think, what's really struck me is, let's remember who Matthew is. Let's remember what Matthew's role before he became a disciple was. He was a tax collector. The tax collector as a Jew, was seen as a betrayer of, he's a traitor to his own people. What did they do? They'd extort money from them. 
Matthew, as his job, was stealing from the people of God, stealing from Israel, his own people, his brothers. He was stealing for them for his own gain. Why? Because he was safer in the arms of the Romans than he probably was with his own people. So he understands what it means to build up kingdom, build up your own treasures here on earth. This is what Matthew was doing before he came to Christ. What many people do before they come to Christ. Their focus and their desires are on the here and the now. And how can I build up my kingdom? The society we have today, we have the Forbes World's Richest Magazine. I mean, we have they, they put out the richest people in the world. And those magazines, all those magazines that I walk by at the grocery store counter, most a lot of people don't walk by them. People buy them. People read them. They're interested and they consume. They're consumed by the rich and the wealthy lifestyle. Why? Because they think that these people are so much, so much joy, so much, so much more peace than us. So we watch that, but we also have shows like Hoarders. Have you ever seen the show Hoarders? Okay. This is insane. This is insane that this is what we've gone to in our day. In our day. They're literally laying up so many treasures. What they consider treasures, like I said, treasures are different for people. Okay? This is not that they're a bad person, but the issue is we need to get down to the root of this. Why is, why is somebody like this doing this? Why is the person that has to spend 18 hours at the office every single day not see their wife, not see their kids, spend all their time and energy on their career and their money Saying that it's for my children is to give them a better life, but then you don't know your children. It's, it says, how great is that darkness? That is not a question mark. That is an exclamation point. How great is that darkness? John Calvin, our heart is a perpetual factory of idols. We're going to continue to find something. If we're not worshiping Christ, your heart is going to find something else to worship. It will find something else to worship. And that's why it says, how great is that darkness? If you're not focusing on Christ, if you're focusing on money, what does it say? 1 Timothy 6.10. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. I've already said that money in and of itself, money in and of itself is not evil. Money, it's not evil. Money can be used for great, great blessings. Great blessings. But if that's what our desire and that's our ultimate goal is, we still do not have a true definition of what a treasure is. Because we've already discussed what the money, all of our possessions, all of our earthly joys, earthly treasures, they can all be destroyed. Moth and rust. We cannot find the security in our possessions, in 